Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete, where we interview badass, high-performing individuals to learn more about their competitive spirit and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. probably been racing for more than just this year, right? I have, yeah. I've been racing for, um, actually I've got these Facebook memories popping up. Okay. I've been racing, I've had, I went to school about 11 years ago. Okay. Which is insane. Uh, I think that there was a break there if I, if I, if I think back to that time, I think that I got my license and then had to save more money and then come back to or went to my school rather save some and then come back to, yeah. to actually get my license well let's start with what's happening right now what's your sure. world like for racing and what are you doing and what are you driving uh well i'm driving a 2010 honda fit um it's a outstanding car it's actually kind of a funny story uh justin barbary who raced the runoffs here in 19 okay um he's been a buddy of mine for a while we raced it together for a while and uh, he told me he was renting this car from John Phillips. And I said, well, I made a joke because I had been looking at V-Spec going, man, that looks like a lot of fun. And uh, I said, hey, man, you know, if you want to, like, maybe we should buy it together and then I'll buy out your half at the end of the year. And, you know, and I, I made this joke and quite quickly laid out this plan. He goes, ha, ha, yeah, yeah, sure. And then a couple months later, he calls me and goes, hey, so uh, you want to you wanna <laughs> buy this car right now? And I kind of went, uh, I guess. And started, you know, he sort of worked a deal with John Phillips and, we ended up buying it together. He raced it. I bought out his half and uh, ended up with the car. Wow. Yeah. That's it was, cool. It, it, it was cool, but it's pretty funny because I definitely, I say a lot of stuff in jest, and that's the first time it's really come out and been like, oh, uh, yeah, 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 sure, let's do it. So uh, how's the car treating you? Great, great. It's been dead reliable. Um, I created some of my own handling problems, not paying great attention to some stuff that I was doing. Um, I had to put new camber plates in it because mine were U-shaped and uh, that raised the nose and that gave it a bunch of negative rake and the car did not like that at all. Uh, just some, some learning stuff like that because I mean this is the first time that I've set up and taken care of my own car. Okay. Uh, in the past my brother and my dad and I shared a car and so set up any sort of um, you know we all spent time on the car together and so it was it would be a situation of hey those camera plates are a lot thicker than the old ones maybe we should lower the front some you know mm -hmm. there was always a conversation like that um and so it is it is literally just now like this is my third event this year uh it's my second super tour this year and uh it's just now that i i really feel like i've got a a good handle on the car yeah because um, that's it that's all that you've driven it right yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've driven some, uh, when I first got it, I did a bunch of regional races, you okay. know, some stuff like that. Yeah. I, I have had the car, like I said, since uh, 2020, so I yeah. guess this is my third year, starting okay. my third year in the car. Okay. Um, the commitment level in these cars is so high. The, guy, the guys who are fast, <clears throat> you know, we can talk about BOP and, and cars and stuff, and each car makes speed in different ways, and that's part of what's fun about the class, but at the end of the day, the guys who are fast are committing in a pretty unbelievable way. 
to, to, to make that speed. And I'm just, I feel like I'm just now sort of uh, getting a handle on that and yeah. really seeing the picture in my head kind of going, oh, okay, this is what it's like, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you yeah. are doing pretty good so far. Yeah, I've had a pretty stellar season so far. Uh, tell me tell me about it. Well, it uh, it almost feels like accident, like an accident. Like in my head, it, it I'm kind of thinking through everything going, wow, man, that was great. What a, what a great race that was. And I get to the next one. Wow, man, that was great. What a great race that was. And it just, it feels like an accident. I, a whole bunch of stuff has just come together. Like I said, I, I'm getting comfortable with the car. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot of stuff. I have learned a lot of stuff. I have gotten the car to where it's mostly feeling pretty good. Um, and again, mostly it's just fixing my own mistakes with the thing. And uh, I've done pretty well. So I, I at Road Atlanta, it was, uh, well, it was nasty. It was real ugly situations. And uh, I got a, a fourth place, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Never finished that high in a super tour before. And then on Sunday, I got a second place, which was really incredible i'd never finished it i was so excited um when i when i crossed the line i had all this energy that i just needed to do something with and oh. i was noticing in the video i just ended up punching the roof oh, <laughs> <my God>. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome i would get pretty excited about that stuff that's um, great man but that was the best i'd ever finished in a super tour yeah and it, and it kind of felt like it, it really it came that one specifically came down to tire choice yeah. um frank shorts in front of me who was in first uh the the first and second when we on grid rather were minis and they were on wets yeah and i decided i was going out on drives and uh, it was a really it was a hairy situation road atlanta at 40 degrees on a drying on a wet track Mm -hmm. is a real sketchy situation i've never i've never driven a a track more sketchy than that (laughs) um but you know managed to hold the car together and i started clicking off spots started fifth and i started clicking off spots and um it came down to tire choice the you know, the track started to dry, and uh, actually Stephanie Anderson, who I know you had on yep. a, a couple of weeks ago, yep. um, I credit her with almost the whole thing because uh, she started chipping away at me. She uh, started catching up to me, and I kind of went, "I got to do something because otherwise I'm just going to lose this spot." And so I started, I started putting in speed like the track, like the track was track was dry. And uh, it worked. And so I just kind of kept clicking off laps and started reeling Frank in. Yeah. Uh, ended up not being enough time, obviously, finished second. But um, I just thrilled, thrilled that, with it. That's awesome. It was, it was a really good race. It was, it was pretty insane. Well, tell me, tell me about how the, all this started. How did you get started into motorsports? Sure. Um, like, so I'm a, I'm a lifetime SCCA member. I am 31 years old. I, have a, I should have brought it. I have a 30-year membership pin. Oh, man, that's a... Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So obviously I didn't have much to do with that. That, oh. <laughs> that was my parents, obviously. Uh, but my dad has been racing since uh, the mid 80s. Okay. He built an ITS 240Z in uh, 88. And um, well, I guess he probably built it in 86 and then took some time and then put it on track in 88 rather. Uh, and that was back in the day when ITS still had headliner, passenger seat, mostly a full interior. Like that was back in the day proper and uh i basically my brother and, my, and i both basically had no chance there was we i i quite literally grew up at the racetrack in a big old bus that he decided to would be best to tow the family around in and uh um it was a it was a family activity my mom always shows at the track even still my mom loves to come to the track it's it's what she wants to do she got a motor home she's driving it herself oh cool and uh so she's showing up pretty much wherever we are just to hang out just to be there that's neat and uh 
Yeah, it is. It's been a family activity from day one. And so growing, growing up at the track, got real interested in cars. He owned a shop in Cary, North Carolina, working on uh, Japanese cars. And so we grew up learning how to ranch on all our own stuff, which is really the only thing that makes any of this work for us. Is there's, there's, if you're not working on your own stuff, there's for us, there's just no other way. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm taking this year off because I need to save money. You need to save some. I, you yeah. know, I'm an arrive and a drive, a mm -hmm. drive, drive guy. So I mean, totally. I don't, I don't work on my own stuff. Totally. Uh, one, I don't know it. I don't think I have the time or the patience mm -hmm. or the desire to learn it. I want to know about it, but I just don't think I'm going to go through all that learning phase. So it's. Uh, I mean, I've been. I like to say that uh, I. I don't have a ton of special skills. I can work on stuff. I can fix things. I can figure my way through things. And I do have some tools. Um, that's been a collecting, that's been a thing I've been collecting since, uh, hell, I was eight years old. You know what I mean? Um, but that's the only thing that really makes it work for me. If I couldn't do that, if I couldn't work on my own stuff, I probably wouldn't be here at all. Yeah. Or maybe I'd be racing carts. I don't know. I, it would be a different, it'd be a real different outlook for me. Well, you know, um, you've got to understand the dynamics and things like that better. Mm -hmm. And you, you know how to, to make those small adjustments to kind of give you a little bit of extra edge sometimes. I think that what it does most for me is um, they say that of, of painter's car always looks stellar but runs like crap a mechanic's car always looks like garbage but runs like a top and and that's what i think about when i think about what has this brought me is mm -hmm. i i know what i can drive around i know the noises i can ignore i know what i can sort of uh pass off and like wait till later those are the things that i think uh <clears throat> that's what i think it's done for me is i can definitely i hear a noise i probably know what's going on and i can go man i'm going to leave that alone I'm going to keep driving. It's going to be fine. Or mm, I should really stop and take a look at this. You know, <laughs> I think that that's what it's done for me is really being able to learn what can we ignore and what can we, what do we have to fix right now? I, I think I've gotten lucky in that I haven't had too many instances where I hear noise. I'll, oh, sure. <laughs> but I'll tell you one where I heard a noise. You I was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I hear this click, 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 like, what is that? I mean, that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's very definite, yeah. but yeah, everything seems okay. Feels fine. And driving further, and I thought, mm, you know, I really need to look at mm -hmm. it. And um, I pulled over, and I, the tire was positioned perfectly mm -hmm. to where I could see it. I somehow ran over a screwdriver oh in the middle of the gosh. road. <laughs> it broke the handle of the screwdriver off, yeah. and seven inches of the screwdriver was in the tire. Seven and inches? And it wasn't, it was the whole... And it hadn't ejected itself either. No. It was just click, 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 click. Yeah, click, basically, what, the clicking noise was, <laughs> it was on the inside, hitting the inside, oh. because it was so long, it was hitting the yeah, inside yeah. of the hub. Oh. And, and, you know, as I got faster, the centrifugal force would push it out, so I wouldn't hear it. It's like, I'll just go faster. <laughs> that is so funny. I thought you were going to tell me it was clicking against the pavement. Like no. Whack, 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 no, whack against no, the No, no, no. Most of it was That's inside. Hilarious. So it, when it went to the top, it would, it would fall. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got lucky on that one. I was able to drive, like, 10 miles. I don't know how it held air. I yeah. have no idea. I, yeah, that's pretty stunning, actually, yeah. and it held air. Every once in a while, you'll run into one of those. Though. I'd work, I, I worked in my dad's shop for a while as well, and you see all sorts of stuff. That's another thing that helped you learn is you sort of figure out, okay, why did this happen? Yeah. And that sort of gets you places. Um, I, had a, I had an experience last year, which was part of my problem, part of my handling issues, where uh, anytime I would load the car, like really 
high cornering speed, mm -hmm. uh, I could feel something shifting. I could feel it through the steering wheel. Something is, is shifting, something is moving. And each opposite corner I left, the steering wheel would be cocked over the other way. So if I turn right real hard, it's now cocked over to the left a little bit. Go through the next real hard left turn, the steering wheel's cocked over to the left a little bit. And so I'm obviously the steering wheel, that's a clue, something's moving, you know what I mean? Because now it's straight is suddenly different. Yeah. And, uh, but I could feel something shifting. And I, I drove a couple laps like this, uh, say what you will about driving a couple laps like that, but I drove a couple laps like that kind of going, what, what is this? Like, what is going on? I can't, I can't test this car any other way except for here and now. So like, I gotta figure, I gotta figure this out. And I, I got out of the car with a couple things in mind to check. Okay, here's a list of stuff. Let's go look at this. Cause I, I know how the suspension interacts. I know what parts do what and like all these kinds of things. And uh, I get out of the car and the first thing I wanted to do was wobble the wheel, check the wheel, what's it doing? Lift the car up and it goes ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. It's a huge, huge play in the, in the front wheel, top to bottom, I should say. And uh, what you know, left to right, it's gonna be tie rods, top and bottom is gonna be a ball joint, or as I found out, the um, bolts to the upright. Um, there's a lot of wonkiness the B-Spec guys gotta go through to get the, the camber that they really want. Mm -hmm. And uh, those bolts become loose. And so what essentially was happening is I had constant, uh, they call it a dynamic camber. As I'm driving around the track, as the wheels are kind of chunk, 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 flopping around, doing whatever they want to, and I went and walked around the paddock, and uh, turns out that's a problem for almost everybody. And they're like, uh, I had David Daughtry tell me, yeah, at Daytona, I actually ended up tack welding all that in place because that's the only way it would stick. Oh so, my gosh. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, since then, it hasn't been a problem. I think I've pretty much got that sorted. How'd you solve it? Uh, buy grade eight bolts and torque them to 100 foot pounds okay that's <laughs> that's a bit of a neanderthal solution but yeah i've tried a couple things they did not work so we ended up there um so what you, you racing your whole life but mm -hmm. what, what was the first time you were in a competitive wheel to wheel race uh b-spec honestly i i uh, i guess i didn't i didn't really finish but i i grew up going to the track with my dad yeah and he raced its for a for that was the car that i uh first memories were of the ITS car, 240Z. Mm -hmm. Drove that car for a while. Um, it took some pretty hard licks and kind of had to get put aside for a little bit. And somewhere in there, he actually found uh, the IT7 car, which is for first generation RX-7, it's the regional only class, um, similar to ITS. Found the IT7 car that he got his license in, bought it back, it was halfway through a rebuild, finished it and started racing that. My brother and I both also got our licenses in that car. Uh, all three of us got our license in the same car, separated by 30 years, yep. <laughs> roughly. Yep. And uh, we've since sold that car to a friend, and he's working on it. It took a pretty hard lick, again, here at VIR, just over turn 10, and uh, got it fixed. He's got it. He's going to go get his license in it, which is super cool. I'm excited to follow that car, because it's gotten... It's earned uh, five people their licenses now, I think. So it's going to... Maybe it'll just keep churning them out. Um, but uh, so the first competitive, truly competitive wheel I turned, um, the ITA, the, the 240Z was getting a little too, um, I don't know that it can make the power it needs to keep up with a modern, modern ITS car. The most modern ITS car mm -hmm. is a NC Miata, you know, so it's not all that modern, I suppose. Yeah. But um, I don't think it can make the power and it certainly doesn't have the suspension geometry to really keep up. It doesn't handle all that well. Uh, the IT7 car was a, a huge bear to drive, um, reciprocating ball steering box. I mean, it's like a, a ancient, ancient technology there. Um, so neither of those cars were particularly competitive. 
I wanted to go V-Spec, actually, because I, I, I felt like I was, I don't, I don't know how to say this out loud, but I, I felt like I was more competitive than the car was really showing me yeah. to be. Yeah. And so I really wanted to go V-Spec because I thought, wow, that's a car I can afford to run. Yeah. That's a car I can get. That's a car I don't have to be afraid. If I go and if I stuff the 240 in the wall, parts are impossible. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's a, suddenly we're in a very big deal. Yeah. If I stuff a Honda Fit, <clears throat> it's going to take me a couple of days to slap the thing back together. Yep. Probably. Um, so I, that, that's, that's when I, I, that was part of the reason why I went to, uh, to V-Spec and that's probably the first competitive wheel I turned. I went out and, uh, I got into a situation where every single time I went out, if there was even just one other B-Spec car, it was like the best race I'd ever been in, <laughs> you know? They, they can't get away from each other. It's Largely, hard. they can't get away from each other. Yeah. Uh, and so I went to, uh, a great example, I went to the Ark, and there was one other B-Spec car, and him and I fought like lions the whole weekend, <laughs> and it was a blast. I went down to uh, the Sark Invitational Challenge. I was looking for, a, a, I wanted a Sark Championship, and I had earned points, and I, this, first place and I went in with one point separation the race was a winner take all situation and we went down there and fought our hearts out it was a great race all weekend long um ended up coming in second I drove a bit of a bone headline that's a whole story but uh <laughs> I didn't do super well uh and, and so even if there was one other car on track I'm suddenly wow that's the best race I've ever had and the next weekend wow that's the best race I've ever had over and over and over again until now it's you know it's the norm you're out there um we got seven cars on track this weekend, and I suspect the top four or five are going to be, it's going to be a, a, a boxing match the whole time, and, and that's why it's so good. So did, did you go to the runoffs in 21 at Indy? No. Okay. No, last year was my first runoffs appearance. Okay. Yep. All right. And that was here. Here. Yes. Here. Yep. The um, first year back here, I think we, I guess we were here in 19 and then mm -hmm. here again in 22. Yep. Yeah. Um, and back here this year again mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. runoffs. Um, what about favorite tracks? Favorite tracks. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, like any other budget racer, a lot of my favorite tracks are how long it takes me to get there, yeah. how long the tow is, yeah. how much am I gonna have to, how much gas am I gonna have to put in the van to get there is a, yep. big, is a big factor. Um, Road Atlanta is pretty close to the top of my list. It's two hours on the nose from my house, so it's super quick and easy comparatively. Yeah. It takes me four and a half to get here, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, it's not that bad. Obviously, I mean, you came from uh, Austin. Austin, so yeah. you had a way bigger tow yeah, than lot, I did. Longer, <laughs> a longer, right? way longer trip than I did. But uh, yeah, Road Atlanta is, is, is way up there. Um, I would say my favorite road racing track is probably Road Atlanta. Uh, CMP is a close second. Yeah, I really enjoy CMP because it's a um, it's a short course. It's a short course. Speeds are relatively low, which means confidence is easy to make relatively high. Um, but it's short, so you can conceivably learn it in a weekend. You come here to VIR, you're not going to learn this place in two days. It's just not going to happen. You've got to be here. You know, you got to spend a, a week consecutive or not consecutively, but cumulatively. Yeah driving to really figure out the ins and outs. Mm -hmm. CMP, three days, you can pretty much, you can get 80% of the way there. And, and that's what I really like about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Atlanta Motorsports Park is probably my favorite track to drive oh. so far. And I, there's not a lot of road racing there, not a lot of wheel to wheel there, but it is, it's a 
It's a beautiful track. It's in, uh, are you familiar? No, I've not been, no. Okay, so it's out, it's just outside of Dawsonville, Georgia. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Uh, uh, well, I can't think of his name now. Uh, the NASCAR guy, Bill, um, <clears throat> can't think of his name. Uh, awesome Bill from Dawsonville. It's a, it's a beautiful place in Northern Georgia, uh -huh. mountainous, uh, AMP, the facilities are excellent. The track is so much fun, tons of elevation change. Um, I guess I tend to like tracks where I can't see what I'm turning into until after I've already turned into it. You know, yep. Lotta Road Atlanta is you're turning into a track you kind of hope is over there, and uh, AMP is similar. It's it's a very exciting track, but there's no wheel to wheel racing there, so it's oh, just, okay. it's all time trials and track days and stuff. I see. Yeah. Um, so what about um, the the? I was going to say favorite car, but you know, um, it probably is a difference between car. Or what's the fun? What's the best thing to drive? Or what's the best thing to race? Kind of thing. Yeah, so. yeah. It, whenever I get asked what's your favorite car, I ask how many can I have? Yeah. <laughs> because it always ends up being a big garage. Sure. Um, my uh, my current favorite street car to drive actually is a 240Z. We got a. I've got. There's a bunch of cars. There's a bunch of Z's around uh, from my dad having raced the one. Uh huh. Um, it's. It's a super visceral experience. There's no power in anything. It's loud as hell. It's harsh. It's tough to like keep your hands around, but it's because of that, it's so much fun. It's like a total departure from uh, uh, you know, getting into V-spec cars, a modern car. Uh, making 80% speed is not super hard. Uh, it's that last 10%. 80 or 20% rather, that's mm -hmm. the really, and that's what separates the fast guys from the rest of us. Um, but uh, it feels like a cruise comparatively, because it's, you know, you got power steering and power brakes and the Z, there's none of that stuff. So it's like a, it's like a whole body experience, yeah. a wonderful car. Um, favorite car that I've had to do multi-purpose duties is a Miata. I had a, a 96 Miata. It's a great car, outstanding car. It was, I mean, the air conditioning worked. So like, <laughs> that's a big plus for me. Did you, did you ever get it on the track or not? Yeah, yeah, I got on the track quite a bit. Okay. Uh, that was my autocross track day car. Okay. And, and, and my daily, it was the only car I had for a little, for a little while. Yeah. Um, it's a, I mean, there's a reason the answer is always Miata. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful multi-purpose car. Uh, I've heard, you know, that, wonderful things about Miata, wonderful mm -hmm. things about the, the class itself. Because, oh, sure, spec Miata. Because so, so competitive, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's not about how much money you have. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I, I think, I think it's really competitive in D-Spec too. I oh, mean, it's super competitive. I mean, we're not all the same car. So there's always going to be, like you said, depending on the track, right? Some cars yeah. have an advantage over sure. others and so on, but, um, the drivers are really good. Drivers are really good. There's <laughs> some really good talent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to, to get, to get that car to keep moving yes. as Don't fast, stop. as fast as it can, you really gotta, you gotta yeah. be good at it. So <laughs> yeah, it begs, uh. It begs quite a bit of respect. A lot of people like to um, you just hear people say things about respect. Yeah, it's slow, like like whatever it is, and it's, and it, I can't help but think, sh sure, I hear you, but like, get in one, like get, <laughs> get in one, and, and then we'll talk later. Like, yeah, it, it's such a it, it's such a hard class to make speed in. Um, I got a buddy who raced one in a early world challenge for a while, and uh, his favorite thing to say is, if you can make speed in a respect car, you can make speed in anything because mm -hmm. they're so hard to get that that last 10 percent that last five percent is so hard yep which is part of what makes it fun i mean i was talking to steve earlier i can't uh, the monster 2's cornering speed is crazy it, it corners so so well 
but then obviously it doesn't have the straightaway speed that, yeah. say, I have. Mm -hmm. I cannot get through a corner like a Monster 2 can. I can't really get through a corner like, I mean, I can't get through a corner like Steve is because, well, Steve. But, yeah. uh, you know, like I can't get through corners like this, but I've got some pretty decent straightaway speed. So as long as I can just barely keep the lasso <laughs> on over the corners, I can stay in the fight for the straightaways yeah. and, and sort of, you know, but that, that dichotomy is, is what, part of what I like about the class. Any, any heartbreaks in terms of races that you'd rather forget? And maybe you, I don't know, it sounds like every race was better than the last one, so. Um, there, before I got into B-Spec, there were some races I would like to, I, I, actually, you know what, uh, I'll throw you an easy one. The, the Sark Invitational Challenge, that one, I would probably like to forget that one because of how, uh, should have made some different decisions on that one yeah. than what I made. Yeah. I ended up, um, I thought, I was pretty confident that I could not match the other guy's speed, but I was pretty sure, the, the one thing about Robling, it was at Robling Road, the one thing about Robling Road is there is one lane. It is, it is three quarters of a car wide, and if you're not on that lane, you are, you're not going anywhere. You can't get past, really, because there's the one lane, but you're also going to punish your equipment pretty bad, and that's yeah. what I ended up doing, is... Uh, I started second, I got the jump on him, I got a really good start and got out in front of him and I kind of went, if I can, I said to myself, if I can control the line into one, I can wrap this whole thing up. And so, got it, I, ended, I had a good start, got in front of the guy, I said, sick, this is where I want to be, everything's going to be great, and proceeded to drive a, a pretty bad defensive line and just roasted the left front tire off the car. Oh. And it came down to faster class started moving through. And he, uh, he made a, I can't really recall it. It's so good. I can't really recall or maybe I blocked it out, but I can't really <laughs> figure out how, what he did exactly. But cars have been passing us, you know, the second half of the race, faster than class moving through and it hadn't been a problem. I was able to position the car and everything was kind of fine. Car came through. Next thing I know, he was, he was through with that guy. And I had, I had no, I had no tire left. Yeah. And he basically just drove away. Yeah. And that was... That was the end. <laughs> that one, because I'd, I'd had all these good races. I, I'd won the arc, you know. I had like I had all these good races. I was like, wow, this is this is really starting to come together. Like this is great. And then that happened, and I drove home. And every uh, it was I was I was about a six-hour drive, about once an hour. Or so I would look up at my wife and go, I really wanted to win that one. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> wanted to funny. win that one. Um, yeah. Well, I, I have heard from other people I've talked to that mm -hmm. they think you're a good driver. Well, well, I, you know, maybe, well, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't that's, really know what to that's say to good, that. man. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out here next year and, yeah. and, uh, and racing with you. I, yeah, it'd, it'd be great to have you. As my, as, like I said, anytime there's one of the cars, it's a great race. So the yeah. more cars we get in there, the great, the better it is. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, what about people starting? Uh, what would you suggest for somebody who wants to get started in motorsport? Um, how would you ask, suggest that they like? Suggest they do it. Know, kind of dip their toe in um dipping their toe in i would um i honestly i would start with a with a track day program yeah um i pushed pretty hard i actually worked for scca for a little bit uh-huh and uh, i did a ton of track night in america coaching uh, you're familiar with the, yep. with the, with the program yep. um i think that that is a as far as I'm concerned, which I'm, in a, I'm a lifetime SCCA member, so say what you will about it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, there is no better program than Track Night in America. They work really hard to pick their, their, their coaches, their uh, event leads and stuff, so mm -hmm. that um, the experience 
comes first. Like a coach yelling in your ear, break later, break later, is probably going to put you in a bad spot and also isn't going to be all that much fun. And so they focused on making it safe so that you have you develop safe on track habits and the speed sort of shows up later on when you get comfortable. Mm-hmm. I would I would start there. So what is the format? How does that work for somebody who doesn't know? It's uh, and that's the second half. Great question. That's the second half because they it is aimed at being super easy. Um, we have all these safety rules, um, and most of these rules were written in the 70s when all the cars we were racing were in the 60s, and safety was non-existent. Uh, modern cars are way safer, way nicer, way better in every way possible. And so, to get on track, you don't necessarily need a cage. If you got even a what is a 206 Mustang or something over here, that car is, is going to be fine. The car is going to be safe for you to go on track without a full cage. You want to put a roll bar in it? Outstanding. Do that. But for track night, you don't need that stuff. You need a, a, a uh, you need a helmet. Mm-hmm. You need uh, long sleeve shirts, closed toed shoes, and some simple stuff like that. And you're going on track. Um, the the track night approach is to start with you come in as a novice, and it's super hands on. Um, you have a I was a novice coach, and so you before you go on track, you come and talk to me. We talk as a group, and it's a really open and inviting. If you got questions, ask them. Because I guarantee you, somebody else has that oh, exact yeah. same question. Yeah. Um, after every session, you put your car away, pop the hood, chat with your buddy, whatever it is, come over, and we have a debrief session. We'll, and I, as a coach, I'm watching the track kind of going, this, I like to see this, don't like to see this. You know, here's some pointers, some things that I saw. Um, and so you're, you're speaking to a, a friendly, smiling face uh, multiple times throughout the night. And so you, you build a lot of trust that way. And... Uh, I, just, I think that's the best, the best way to get started. I've had more than one student. Um, I had a guy show up at a ZR1 Corvette. I don't like that for a beginner car. It's just too much. Yeah. But he did great, did pretty well. And uh, after, I don't know, he had four or five track nights under his belt, he came to me and said, hey, what, like, what's next? Like, what, what else can I do? And so then I talked to him a little bit about time trials and condensed timeline. He sold the ZR1. Bought a truck, a trailer, and a BMW, Ooh. and started bringing that to track night. And it was a fully caged car. We put him out there. He moved up. He was running advanced by this point. And uh, in another year or so, he slapped some motors on the car, and he was road racing. He was in, uh, I guess it's a probably a T3 car. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's, dude, what a great story. It was, it was yeah. great. He had this expensive car that this is what I want. This is really what I want. And he got out there and kind of went, okay, well, well, now I want more, yeah. but this doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Sold it, bought the whole package, and obviously that's not going to be everybody's story because the yeah. other one is an $80,000, $100,000 car or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But um, something like that is, is how I encourage. I've got friends who want to, who want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I say go, to, go do track night, and um, heck, at some point, uh, run a cart if you want to. Carts are outstanding. Oh, and, and autocross. Sorry, I can't forget that either. Autocross is... Um, Man, the the best driver training, best possible driver training out there, because you are you're at the limit of the car at 35 miles an hour. Yeah. So this uh, autocross for some folks, it's cones on a cement surface. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you got to navigate that without mm-hmm. hitting the cones as mm-hmm. fast as you can. Yep. And you get a, you get a run through it, and you know sometimes you cumulative time mm-hmm. adds up, and the person with the lowest wins. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're not going super fast. It's super safe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very safe. It's very confidence inspiring, yeah. um, and all of this can be done in the car that you already have. Yeah. you don't have to have a de- dedicated car. You don't have to build some crazy thing. You can you can just do it in your grocery bag and, yeah. and figure out what you want from there. 
cool. Super quick, super easy. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, was thank time. you, Larry. Appreciate yeah, absolutely, that. Absolutely, of course. I want to thank you for listening or watching Drive to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope that we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. I absolutely love hearing from you, and I promise I'll personally respond to every comment, every question, and every request. If you want to connect, start with our website, driventocompete.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Whether you reach out or not, please like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go kick some ass.